And I told you all a little bit why and the purpose of in the first kind of like introductory episode. This is the first official episode in taking this journey. And I've kind of like explored and explained some of my thoughts in the, um, the, the introduction about what it is and the purpose of this podcast and I just want to be completely honest with you all I am not the best speaker speaking is actually one of my biggest insecurities um for several reasons (laughs) and one of them being I have always had a lisp and so at one point you know I was talked about and made fun of because of that lisp Um, Sometimes people still do it every now and again, and um, um, I've always put on like a tough exterior and act like things didn't bother me, but I've seen how that affected, that has impacted me and affected me to the point where I'm very insecure about speaking, Um, which is why until I really get to know you, I will sit in a room and sit in my corner and not say anything. Or just smile. Like, it's what I do. And I say that to say that within this podcast, I might say I'm a lot. I might say like a lot. I might lose my train of thought. My speech might not always come out clear. But I'm going to try my best um, to, you know, make this as much of a safe space for myself as possible. Um, and again, I just hope you all give me grace. If you don't, oh well. If you do, I appreciate it, you know. But again, this is for me. Um, and I gave you guys a little rundown of why I'm doing this. And it's, again, for me to be therapeutic. Um, and so in this first episode, I just want to take the last from July, the experiences from July to um, maybe December, or what's that, about four months, I think, did I do that right, five months, August, September, October, November, December, five months, not four months, sorry, um, um, and just how the last five months have just been, like, shaped. Um, so, this episode is just strictly about, like, the turning point of when I realized I needed therapy. Um, and you know how, like, every book or every show has, like, I don't even think a show would be appropriate, but we can say a movie, whatever. How they have that point of climax or like that turning point of of what made it significant or whatever the case may be of what's happening. Um, and July 3rd was the climatic part of my story and was like the turning point of my journey I feel as though I've been on this earth 27 years and of the 27 years there has been a lot 
that has impacted me. But I feel like July 3rd really opened my eyes and made me see things, one, for what they were, and see things differently. Um, And it's like, how can you see things differently while you're seeing them for what they were? And on that day, two different things happened. Um, And both of them opened my eyes and made me very emotional. Like, I don't think, I've never cried. I'm not going to say I've never cried, but in my adult years, it's very rare that I'm going to cry in a in a group of people. And then it's also very rare that certain individuals will see me cry. They might know that I cried because I've communicated it after I cried, but they won't see me boohoo crying in that moment, like working through those emotions. Um, and I'm going to start off with the part that allow me to see things for what they were. Um, and then I'll talk about this part that made me see things differently. And I think that I've processed my feelings through this, through therapy about the situation. And it may come, it, it will come up um, in terms of like processing my feelings about this situation. I think I've worked through it enough to the point where I won't cry about it anymore. Hopefully, eh, we'll see. Um, but again, like I said, this is a judgment-free zone. But if you judge me, hey, if you do, if you don't, I appreciate it, you know? Um, July 3rd was my turning point. Like, that was my climatic moment. And I say that because um, my sister and I, had a very big falling out um that day that night and it started off fine it started off fine and we got into it that night and in that after after everything died down like reflecting back on it I realized that no matter what People are going to find an issue with me, no matter how good I am to them, no matter what I do for them, they're going to find an issue, right? And essentially, I can't control how other people feel about me or how they're choosing to see me, how their operative word, choosing to see me. Um, We got into a really big falling out and the falling out led to police being involved and it was just a very like heated moment. Um and one of my very close friends, one of my favorite people were there um in that moment and he it ended up me pulling the car over. <laughs> it's not funny, but like looking back on it is like one of those things you just gotta laugh at and, and learn from. And as I was getting out the car, I saw my niece's face. So I stopped myself from um putting my hands on her mama. 
and that kind of like that the look on her face was like it, it just it just hit me um that the very childhood that I don't want my niece to have or that I don't want my future kids to have I I'm playing a role in allowing that to happen um in this moment and so I stopped because I seen her face um but her mom proceeded to get out the car um and I never put my hands on her and my friend was right there to make sure I didn't put my hands on her. And he made sure of it, for sure. Made sure that I didn't put my hands on her. Like, he said we fell. I very much feel like I was tackled to the ground to be restrained. Uh, and I like, like, he just got real close to my face and just kept saying, like, he didn't care how much of pressure he was applying to my body. Or how out of breath I was, he just kept saying, like, I'm not about to let you fight your sister. You're not about to fight your sister. I'm not about to let you fight your sister. And, like, she came around him, and she kicked me three times. And at that point, I saw, I saw red. And I, at that point, nothing, like, nothing mattered in that moment to me. Because why would you put your feet on me? If I stop myself from putting my hands on you. And that's not even that's not even the worst part. Um, that's not even the worst part. But I he stopped me and <laughs> in that moment that he stopped me looking back, I was grateful that you know he was he was there in that moment um and I'm I'm truly like grateful for I'm truly grateful for him for him he's like one of my favorite people I promise you he is um but in that moment it it just continued to escalate from there and he wouldn't let me up. Like, he wouldn't let me up off the ground. And that led to bystanders thinking that he was abusing me, but he wasn't. He was simply like, I don't care how mad you get. You can hit me. You can fight me. You can tire yourself out, but I'm not going to let you hit your sister. Like, I'm not letting you go. You're not going to hit her. And he was just making sure, like, I was restrained. And that led to police, um, people flagging down the police and... In that moment, she had the opportunity to tell those people, like, don't call the police. He's not beating her. But, like, and I get people react and don't think rationally when they're infuriated or irate. I get it. But in that moment, she had the opportunity to, like, just stop it from going there. And in that moment, I realized how I was different from people around me. Um, friends, family, um, romantic partners, like, I don't, I don't care how mad, like, I get at an individual, there's just certain things that I don't allow to happen, and I had 
two black young black men with me when the police came up thinking that they were beating on me and that in that moment was scary for me because it could have went left because he was trying to tell them like I got it under control but as he's saying that like I could tell the frustration in his voice with the whole situation which I feel bad for even putting him in that situation and I truly apologize for even allowing myself to get to that point to where we were all put in that situation um because I shouldn't have pulled the car over I should have just ignored what was being said to me and kept driving but within that is the emotions that I was allowed to process in therapy like it's only so much you're going to continue to take from people and I feel like I take and 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 I don't really respond to things and I talk myself from responding to try and prove to my family that I'm not this angry person or I don't have this attitude or, you know, I can um, problem solve and things like that. And so in that moment, it's like, you know, you keep poking that bear and like it just went to another level and it shouldn't have went to another level. And um, that for me, is when I started to see stuff for what it was because in this moment you could have stopped the police from pulling on him talking to him you could have even stopped them from even calling the police you know and you didn't like you continued on and then to add insult to injury like it was the 4th of July weekend I have a high, a pretty high tolerance for liquor. Um, and then, too, I only had, like, a cup and a half of, like, the pre-mixed, like, margarita drink. And it was easier for everybody to blame it on me being drunk when I wasn't um, anywhere near drunk. It was easier for people to blame it on me that I was drunk rather than to see it for what it was. Like, I'm trying to get you home and you are constantly being disrespectful and I know that you're being disrespectful because you got a crowd and when you get a crowd you feel the need to show out especially when it comes to men um and it was easier for people to put it off as me being drunk but beyond that like I had two underage individuals in the car who had been smoking against my judgment Let's just put that out there. Your baby is not in the car seat. And in my trunk, there were the open bottles of liquor um, that you asked me to buy. The bottle of Casamigos, Casamigos that you asked me to buy because you wanted Casamigos was in the back of my trunk. And then you scream out. You blurt out. And I, this is just like the really shortened version of this. Um, and you scream out. Um... Some very, like, hurtful things in terms of this is a male friend. No, I'm not involved with him. No, we're not together. But in the event that I was, like, you try and pay me out to be a hoe, you continuously calling me out my name. I not once called you out your name. Like, I didn't call you out your name. Was I about to drag you out the car? Yes, I was. 
because I'm so sick of you feeling like you can disrespect everybody because since the beginning of this time, you've never been checked behind it. But I stopped myself once I saw your child. And that that part of me tugged at me. The, the, the child in me that had to watch parents fight tugged at me. Like that very same scared facial expression about what was ha- about what she felt was about to happen tugged at me and I stopped. But no, you kept going. Like you allowed yourself to keep going. So much to the point where your evil, hateful ass ways allowed you to tell a police officer, even though I would have passed a sobriety test, the fact that there are open bottles of liquor in my car is room for an automatic DUI. Like, the law don't play fair. And we all know this. And it's the holiday weekend. But you blurt out, and y'all need to not let her drive because she's drunk. (laughs) You have your baby, who by law should be in a car seat, sitting on your lap without a seatbelt, and it's open liquor in my car. You have two underage people that are visibly high, and you can smell it. At that point, I saw shit for what it was. And what it was was that I can place emphasis and I can place, you know, certain individuals to a high regard based on our relationship or where I feel like our relationship is. But that don't mean that they're going to always give me that, especially when they have any issues going on with themselves and when essentially they're all about themselves. And so I saw shit for what it was. And in that moment, I was so angry. Like, I was constantly, like, crying. I hadn't cried like this in, like, a while. Like, I felt like I was fucking breaking. Like, I don't, it it was, it, it felt like I was breaking. Like, not only did you humiliate me in front of my friend by saying the shit that you said, but then... You put everything that I work for in jeopardy by telling these people that I'm driving fucking drunk. Like, what? And you put your hands on me when I did not put my hands on you. Like, you kicked me three times in my pelvic area while I was being restrained. Like, to me, in that moment, I saw shit for what it was, and... You can say what the like you can say what you want, but like in that in that regard, in my eyes, I don't you don't give a fuck about me. Like you don't mean shit to me. And that hurt. Like that in itself, that is what hurts. Like when we get down to what it is, like that fucking hurts because I've always felt like I was chasing understanding. And that's another reason why like I decided to do this podcast to voice how I feel on the inside to give people a chance to understand me since they're just so quick to like hopping to not understanding me and like why I am the way I am and that shit hurt and in that moment while I was faced with the reality of what was and the what was was motherfuckers only give a fuck about themselves because it's convenient for them and I'm sorry y'all I'm gonna curse um 
I'm really not sorry. I'm just, this is real. This is raw. This is me. I'm going to curse. And in that moment, you only gave a fuck about you, like, and how you felt and the emotions that you were experiencing. You, you couldn't take yourself out of your emotions in that moment to stop before creating, like, havoc, essentially. And that part hurt. And my friend, I, y'all, I love him so bad. <laughs> that is, like, one of my favorite people, and I just want him to know that. Like, he's going to forever be one of my favorite people. Um, Truly one of my, like, closest friends. And I don't really care where life takes us. Like, I'm always going to root for him. And he's always going to be one of my favorite people because I feel like He's one of the very first people that saw me and, like, communicated that he saw me. And for that, I'm forever, like, grateful because in that moment, as frustrated as I know he wanted to be with me, I know he wants to go upside my fucking head because, for one, I pulled the car over in the area I shouldn't have pulled the car over, right across the street from the fucking police station, like... I know he wanted to kick my ass. Like, I know <laughs> he wanted to beat my ass right there. But I knew he would never put his hands on me. Like, and I knew that he would never handle me in a way that, like, put me in harm's way. So, but I knew as frustrated as he was with me in that moment, even when he was trying to get me to calm down, like, he was like, we're going to my house. And I'm like, I'm not going to your fucking house. Like, take me on. Like, it was just like, it was a night. And he was like, I'm going here. We're going here. And, like, he made my ass get out the car. And I got out the car. And we went into his house. And I'm like, I told y'all I wasn't talking to you in here. So he's like, okay, let's go on the back porch. But we're going to talk about this. Like, we're not. Like, he wouldn't stop. And at one point, he was like, you know, you choosing to be mad. I'm telling you, like, to calm down and to not be mad. But you're choosing to be mad. And I'm like, I'm not choosing to be mad. Like, what do you, what do you want me to do? You want me to stop crying? And I can't. Like. What what is it? I, I don't I don't know how to make you get it right now. And then he was just like, Why you can't stop crying? Your feelings hurt. And it was just like really sincere. He was like, Your feelings hurt. And I'm like, Yeah. And he was like, Well, what's hurting your feelings? And I'm like, Because like why would she do that? Like, did you hear the shit that came out of her mouth? Like, why would she say that? Like I never say no shit like that to her. But as soon as she said it, I promise you. And I don't regret things, but I really wish I would have done that night differently because some of the stuff I wouldn't have said, like I said some in retaliation to her saying hurtful shit. I said hurtful shit, but truthful shit. Like the shit she said about me was not truthful. Like I ain't around here doing dicks. I'm not around here fucking people for money. I'm not around here having sex with people just for them to fuck with me. Cause I don't give a fuck. I like, I, I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't give a fuck about none of that. Like, I don't. I can please myself and dick come a dime a dozen. If I want to fuck on somebody, it'll be done. Like, but that's not the type of time I'm on. Like, I ain't never been on that type of time, honestly. Um, and I just don't have niggas in rotation. So for you to even say that, like, was wild as hell to me. And I knew it held no merit because a motherfucker can't name three people that I'm fucking. Can't even name one. To be honest, like, 
So, but it was still hurtful because it was the principle. Like, even if that shit was true, even though me and him don't not like that, like we are genuinely friends. Like, even if it wasn't my, even if we was on other type of time, like, why would you say that? You don't know what the fuck I got going on with him. Like, you assume it, but you don't know. So why would you say that? And that shit in itself was hurtful because I would have never pulled your card like that in front of no nigga, no bitch, or none of that. And I just feel like time and time again, my siblings put me in situations where the outside world feel like they can tag me anytime they want to based on how my siblings show up and talk to me when we're in public. And I ain't fucking with that shit. Like, you won't continue to disrespect me. And in that moment, I saw it for what it was. Until I put my feet down, people are going to keep disrespecting you. Until I, and you're and when I say people, I meant, like, siblings. Because I don't really feel like I get a whole, I don't feel like I get disrespect from outside parties. But, like, until you put your feet down, your family is going to continue to disrespect you. They're going to continue to work over their boundary. And they're going to continue to make you feel like you are the problem because every time shit don't go their way and they need a reaction or they need someone to blame, you fall into it because you're not in control of your emotions. So, in that moment, I saw it for what it was. I wasn't in control of my emotions. I could have handled that situation better. And... I have people around that that gets me. I have people around, um, like that that care, and that in itself meant the world to me. Like I, I I can't explain it. It was just like a feeling of like like it was just a feeling of feeling seen in a moment where I needed it I don't feel like I've ever been in a position where I needed like down bad crying the way I was and someone has showed up for me in a way that I needed and I felt like in that moment he showed up without me telling him or without me seeking it in the moments that I needed it from the point from initiating us even hanging out to that hanging out that day to um just the conversations that we was having that day um and like the vibes that I needed right before I moved then to just like allowing himself to be my punching bag essentially that night for whatever emotions negative emotions I was feeling to try and keep me calm or to show up for me in a way that I could show up for myself, but I, that in that moment, I chose not to show up for myself. To look at me in my eyes, to asking me what my feelings are, why I was crying. Like, taking away his, this idea that he don't do crying, and, you know, he don't really do the emotional thing, or taking away the fact that he didn't feel like the situation was that deep. And looking at me and like, yo, like, why are you, why can't you let it go? Like, why are you crying? Your feelings hurt and just like putting words to the emotion and seeing the emotion for what it was. Like, yes, I'm showing up angry, but my feelings are hurt. Like, and in this moment, I'm allowed to like feel that. And in that moment, he allowed me to feel that. 
And then he looked at me, hugged me, looked me right in my eyes and was like, you know, I love you, right? Like, I love you. Like, and I felt like that's what I needed to hear because in that moment, I did not feel love. Like, I felt like I was yet again shown what it was <laughs> for somebody who shouldn't have never showed up like that. For somebody who that shouldn't even happen, like you should have sat in the mouth in the back and kept your mouth closed because nobody had that energy in the car at the time that you had it. And you went there and you never deserved to go there. And yes, I said you never deserved to go there. Not with me at least. Because when shit go rough and shit go bad, like you can't count on these motherfuckers in the streets. You can't count on the motherfuckers that you you think you can count on. But you got no matter how mad we was, like. But that was when I saw shit for what it was, and what it was was family, friend, boyfriend, husband, whatever role you are playing now or in the future. However that looks, and whatever that role looks like, auntie, cousin, brother, sister, whoever. In that moment, like, I saw it for what it was, and what it was was it was time for me to focus on me. It was time for me to work through whatever hurt my feelings in that moment because it wasn't just that. It was like a buildup. So working through that buildup in order to really move forward and understand those feelings so that it don't continue to happen because I was definitely out of character that night and I played my role in the why it escalated. I for, I for sure played my role in why it escalated. Um, definitely did. Not saying that I did it. Um, but I'm at a point where like I'm at, I'm gonna hold myself accountable, but y'all gonna be held accountable too because it's just not on me. Like. It's just not on me. So, like, at the beginning of this episode, I stated, like, that night I saw things differently and I saw them for what they were. So, that was the part where I saw it for what what they, what they it was. Um, and so, earlier that day, and I like I told y'all, like, that night was crazy. Like, starting out my day, I would have never thought it would have ended how that night ended. And... But I saw things for what it was. I saw my friend for who he was, who he is, and I respected him so much more as a friend, um, even in his moments of absence, absence, and some of the things that we always, like, jokingly play fight about um, in terms of the dynamic of our friendship. And I just respected the dynamic of our friendship so much more after that night. Um, respected him so much more after that night. Um, and he, like I said, he will forever be one of my favorite people. I feel like nobody's perfect and he's far from perfect. I wouldn't even put that on him. Um, he's not the perfect friend, but he is one of the best friends. Um, yeah, and yeah. I just seen it for what it was after, after that, like, he going through his shit. But even after that moment, whenever, like, I called or needed him to just listen 
in the midst of like a mental breakdown. He was that friend. Like this man been knowing me since fourth grade. Fourth grade. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. This man been knowing me since fifth grade. And he's always saw me. Like not for who he met me as, not for who people try to get him to see me for, like, but he saw me for me, and I used to get on his ass about a lot of stuff in terms of, like, the way he handled situations, but after that night, like, I saw it for what it was, like, you may not always handle things the way I want you to handle it, but when it's time for you to show up for me as a friend, like, that's my friend, like, that is, that's my friend, like, and I'm trying not to become emotional, but that is my friend, like, I love, I love him so much, like, that, that, that is my friend, like, I love him so much, and, yeah, like, I just want to see everything just turn out right for him in life, especially after that night, um, but earlier that day, like, it didn't start, it didn't start bad. So, I just don't understand how it ended bad. But it, like he said, he told me, like, this needed to happen. Like, it needed to happen. This needed to happen for you. Before you move and go on and start this new chapter, it needed to happen for you. And he was completely right. Because that was, like, a domino effect for everything else that happened that followed after I moved from not getting the help that I would have liked while moving to having to figure out shit on my own um, in terms of getting shit done, having to see past people's attitude and understand that this was just for a moment and that I just needed this moment to pass. And once we got past this moment, I don't have to deal with nobody's attitude. And he's right. I needed that moment to happen. I needed to see shit for what it was. I needed to see people for not who they not for the role that they play, but for who they were, like who they are as people. And I needed that. And I'm just glad he was there to weather that with me and to just, you know, help me through that. But again, the day didn't start like that. The day didn't start like that. And this next person is my boo. I love her too. Like I love her. <laughs> and she was a part of that turning moment too. Um, we were sell that same day. Um, it was crazy because I had already made plans to go celebrate her. She graduated with her, with her master's last year. Uh, my therapist day, my therapist day. Uh -huh. She graduated with her master's, uh, and um, now she's a therapist. And we met at the last practicum site that I had um we were both therapists and I don't know like at first we really didn't say two words to each other I think we had kind of the same mindsets coming in like both of us was kind of like to ourselves but to the people that we were we knew in a sense um but for the most part but eventually like something came out of it I don't I can't even tell you exactly how we ended up meshing, but that's my therapist day. Her birthday is coming up. 
so happy birthday, early birthday to her, my Capricorn Bay. And um I miss her so much. <laughs> but that is it started that's how my day my day started out with her. I had already planned to go to her uh graduation party, graduation celebration, and um my dad had called for me to come cook for him because he was doing something at the house with the fourth. And so in that, with that, I started my day out with her. We were, um, I bought her, like, I came in, um, was all over the place trying to be several different places at once. And that's when, again, I saw that day, I saw shit for what it was. Like, I need to stop being everywhere trying to be everywhere for everybody and everything for everybody when I don't even get that same shit in return. Like, I saw shit for what it was. And she made me see things differently, but she also made me see shit for what it was. And I love her for this. Like, I love her. Um, What person do you know at their graduation party as they're giving a speech, you know, goes around the room and, like, acknowledges other people's accomplishments, right? And that's the part that I saw different. Like, that's what made me see things differently because here, here is this, this girl, this young lady, this woman that I've just met, don't even, hadn't even known for a full year yet. This happened in July. Me and her had started working Okay, it had just been a year, July 1st to July 3rd. Yeah, it had just, like, just known each other for a year. But like I said, in that, we didn't start off close. Like, we were in our separate corners for the most part. And over time, we developed a relationship. Like, and I love her. I'm going to keep saying that I love her. But she caught me completely off guard because I'm there. I'm waiting for her, you know, to give her speech and out of nowhere, she's like, and this girl here, soon to be X, da 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 and, like, this whole, like, spiel about what I'm working towards and saying, like, you know, she is the blueprint, like, this is the blueprint, I love you, I wish you nothing but the best, like, I remember those words exactly, like, you inspire me, everything, like, just, giving me my flowers and in a moment that we were there to give her hers like she shouldn't have been giving me mine because I was there to give her hers to tell her how proud of her I was of her for sticking it through and knowing the shit that she dealt with at the place that we were at and just just sticking it through and figuring it out and in that moment she you know, gave me the flowers that I came to give her. And that spoke values to me. That spoke values to me because this is a person who has known me for but a year, right? (laughs) For but a year. And though we grew closer towards the end of our reign at the God-forsaken place, (laughs) I wouldn't say that I... I knew her, and I wouldn't say that she truly knew me, but 
that did not stop her from being a friend that day. Like that didn't stop her from honoring me for who she who she knew me to be or the parts of me that she did know. And to me, that made me see things differently because here's someone in my face willing to give me the love that I deserve that I also give, I reciprocate to her. Willing to do this when people I've known my whole life don't even do this shit. Will turn their nose up at me and make me the problem in every fucking situation because it's easier for me to be the problem than for you to deal with your fuck-ups and why your life is fucked up. So in that moment, she made me see things differently. And that was yet again another moment that I cried. Like, I cried. And again, I don't we're, I don't cry in front of, like, groups of people. And I was, like, crying. And I'm like, it just made me see things differently because these friends that I wanted to stick around, these friends that I wish would, you know, just, I don't even know, just be a part of this chapter with me. They're not, and that's okay. But I have a friend that is willing to do that. And so now it's time for me to see things differently in that. Stop focusing so much on what you want and focus on what God has put in front of you. Like, what you want is not going to be always what God needs in front of you. Like, it's not going to be always what God has meant to be in front of you. Sometimes what you want isn't the best for you in that season. And not just that season, but your lifetime, that moment, however you want to look at it. Sometimes what God has meant for you has to, (laughs) some things and some people and some places you have to be removed from in order for those people to be put in front of you. And honestly, she was put in front of me, like put in front of me. And as hesitant as I am to make friends and give people a chance like I allowed her I allowed her to come in and I say I allow her because I feel like I don't allow people in I don't allow myself to make friends so not only did I allow her but I allow myself to make a new friend and to be open to this new friend um it wasn't any hate, any intimidation. It was none of that. Like, it was just literally her being her. And that in itself made me see things differently. And so from that point on, it was just like, okay, I'm battling this thing of my, this shit just blew up in my face with my sister. But then I had this other experience at the same time on the same day where another sister is showing me and giving me what I deserve. Um, And for that, like, that's when I knew. So I I recently did this, this mommy and me brunch. And after I did my little segment on mental health and talking to the girls and making them, like, talk to their moms and their daughters and things like that, one of the mamas came up to me, she was like, how did you know you needed therapy? 
in that moment, as I reflect, not in that moment, but after those moments, as I continue to reflect and continue to reflect and continue to reflect, I realized that I needed therapy and I realized I needed therapy because months had passed and I was still not over what had happened. Um, and that's when I needed, knew I needed therapy. I knew in that moment that it was time for me to seek it because now the ways in which I'm used to dealing with stress working, it wasn't working for me anymore. My coping mechanisms are no longer coping. Okay. They were no longer working for me. Like I couldn't run from it. And the why I couldn't run from it, I'm explaining it to you why. Like, the idea of, like, a trauma brain, right? And I say trauma because I know it's, like, one of the hot buzzwords, but over this episode, we'll explore why, like, I'm using the words trauma and explore some of those traumatic experiences for me. But the way that the trauma brain works is that <laughs> it was this really cool video. I'm learning so much in this new site, in this new place, um, internship placement that I'm in, and I'm loving it. Um, and it's opened my eyes to a lot. The whole unpacking of the um, Invisible Pat backpack, I learned about that at a training. And that inspired me to, again, do the work before showing up to do the work. Um and that kind of, that inspired me. And that that situation is how I knew I needed therapy too. Just sitting there and listening to everything and thinking about what's in that invisible backpack that I haven't unpacked. Um, and then also too, I had to watch a training on trauma informed care um, in the schools, and it talked about like your learner brain and your trauma brain, and it's like it was like. Your learner brain was the rock, and they're constantly pushing up this rock. The person is constantly pushing up the rock, and then the trauma brain is right at the top of the hill. And as soon as it gets to a certain peak, the trauma brain, like, kind of rolls down and, like, washes it all off. And it's, like, this idea that until you deal and resolve the traumas in your life and deal with the the hard parts of your mental, that you're, like, holding on to you're not going to be able to continue to take in information at some point you're going to hit a block and then sometimes that block looks like self-sabotage or sometimes that block looks like you know screaming and acting out and not being able to control your emotions when somebody's saying something to you don't like the way I acted in which in a situation that night with my sister and sometimes that's how it shows up and I knew that at that point it was time for therapy because I was not allowing myself to take in the experiences of my internship. I realized why I did not did not like providing therapy for the year, uh, for that year. And even in that year, I realized that it was hard for me to get through certain sessions simply because the adolescents that I was working with, I saw myself. I saw my face on them and some of the things that they would say and some of their attitudes and some of the choices and decisions they were making. The only thing about me is I had, I had educators that believed in me 
even when I felt like nobody else around me was seeing me, because I, I, I genuinely feel like my parents have always believed in me. Um, I don't think they've always saw me. They saw what they wanted to see. Um, I had a, a, a granny. I have a granny. And I had educators growing up that allowed me to take a different path than those girls that I had to uh, had to provide therapy to. But I saw myself and a lot of the things that they said, the choices that they made. And those triggers alone, along with coming back here, uh, no, moving away and not being able to really flourish and take in the experience that I was getting or being able to meet my deadlines that I set for writing my dissertation and proposing my dissertation and studying for my uh, my state boards and things like that, I wasn't allowing myself to do it. I couldn't push myself to do it. I couldn't do it. It was times I laid in bed or I found other things to do and did not do it. And at that point, I felt myself on the verge of a mental breakdown, and I promise you, I called my friend. Nobody knew I was in Chicago at the beginning of September. I called my friend. I said, I'm I'm coming up here. I need to be around somebody that I feel understands me. And I need to talk this through. Like, I I need to get this up off me. And we talked about it. And he sat there. He listened. And he he knew. And I, I, I know he's seen it because he was like, this is really on you, huh? I'm like, yeah. And he just said that he he just he like you gotta get this up off you. He was like, this is really on you. And I think he just seen for himself like the state of mind and and maybe even felt it like felt the energy that I was exuding and wasn't myself. But at that point, that's when I I know I knew I needed I I needed something had to change. Something had to be different. And I knew it was time for me to be obedient and obey and discipline myself. Um, and get the help that I needed. Like, I knew that I was not buying into providing therapy to anybody because I was not doing the work myself. I knew that if I provided therapy to anybody, it would be, <laughs> it would be like throwing a rock and had my hand type of situation because I wasn't really doing it. Do I believe in it? Yes, I believe in it wholeheartedly, but how much can I say I believe in it if I'm not doing it? And at that point, I knew if I wanted to excel to any height in my career at any point, like, yeah, you doing well because you're in school. But what about when you get out of school and you're in the real world and you're really in the field and you have to change people's lives? Like, you're expected to show up for people in their life. Like, what do you do then? So I knew it was time. I knew it was time. So I dedicated myself to therapy and I've been in therapy since September. Since before September, actually, I remember telling my therapist that I impulsively drove to see him um, and to be up under him. Um, and so I would say like the end of August, the end of August, since the end of August, beginning of September, I've been in therapy and I've been in therapy every other Thursday, religiously and faithfully. Um, I actually have two therapists. I see one on one week and another on the off week. Uh that's how committed to therapy I am. Um, and it's been working. And I realized that it's been working because I'm able to recognize when I'm feeling something. But it's at, at the same time, it's not working because I'm not 
putting my tools to use. So now it's time and I'm doing it and I'm here and I'm doing this podcast and this is why I'm doing it because July 3rd changed my life. July 3rd made me realize I need to be in control of me and I need to be grateful and engage in like the the gratitude journaling and engage in like just being grateful, the grateful mindset. Um outside of therapy and what other way to do that if I can't journal let's just do a podcast it's similar right so that's where I am and again I'm ready for you all to take this journey with me but July 3rd will 2022 will be forever ingrained in my heart I love the people that play a role I also told my friend I told him I want to be unconditionally happy and he was like, when's the last time you, and I couldn't tell him. When I drove there impulsively, and I cannot tell him the last time I've been unconditionally happy because all of my happiness has been very conditional, conditional to the state of being that I'm in at that moment. Like, and I've learned that that's the difference between happiness and joy. You can still have joy and not be happy in your moments of not being happy so I want to change that and I don't want unconditional happiness I want unconditional joy the the right to feel it no matter what is going on in life because I just know that it's going to get better and with joy comes peace like and with peace comes joy it's like this revolving door and that's what I want so I'm excited again for you all to take this journey with me but this episode was important for me to do just to let them know that I'm forever grateful. Okay, let me stop saying this. Shout out to Patience. That's my girl. I love her. I love her so bad. Um, My patience has taught me to have patience because she has a lot of patience. Okay, that's that's my girl. Uh, (laughs) So her name truly precedes her, okay? Um, And I love her. And that's going to forever be my girl, um, no matter what, no matter where we are in life. Like, that is, that's a friend for life, I feel. And I love her, and I wish her nothing but, but the best in her therapy um, work, in her career. And it's for sure more to come with us. Um, and I love her. And when I told her I was doing this podcast, and when I sent her this the podcast the other day, and told her, you remember the podcast I told you about? Three months ago, I finally you know, getting the ball rolling. She's like, this is fire. Started off with a bang. From the moment I told her about it, she's like, yes, I'm so excited for you. And this is great. I love this idea. And um, just be ready for the heat that comes with it. Be so secure in your decision that no matter what comes with it, you're going to stick it through and you're, you're going to get through it. Like knowing that you're going to piss some people off. Because you standing in what you believe in. For that, you know, I, I I love her for that. Like, I feel like I've met a gem. She's truly a gem. Like, I love her. Uh, truly a class act. So classy. <laughs> in my, and um, my friend, Layton, I love him. And I wish him nothing but the best. Um... He was also in big support of it. He told me, like, well, you should, what if you do it this way? What if you do it that way? If you want me to do it with you, I do it with you, da, 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 da. But I never follow up with him 
about it to do with me because I know he got his own stuff going on and I'm trying to respect that as a friend and let him figure it out with all without always without like hounding down on him about my ill disp- with my ill disposition over the last few months. But I love him forever my friend, forever one of my favorite people, um, no matter what. Uh and I just wish him the best in life too. Like I do. Like I just you know those are my days. I love them. I love them so bad. I love both of them so bad. Like July third, they they did that shit. Like they put a number. Both of them put a number on me. July third opened up my eyes for a lot. And I truly, 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 truly am grateful to them for that. And I love them forever. All right. I hope you all. I don't know. If you could have learned something from this, I hope you did learn something from this um, in terms of, like, perspective taking or something. I don't know. Um, but it was really helpful for me. I think I can finally put this issue to bed. I'll never forget about July 3rd, but I feel like after recording this, um, I can put it to bed. And if you all have questions, I guess you can drop them in the comments. and. In other episodes, I'll definitely answer the questions based on, like, if you have questions based on anything in this that was said in this podcast, and I'll definitely answer them um, if you want to communicate with me or whatever throughout this journey. Um, But, yeah, until next time, you all.